2: KNC masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan right now. Brought to you by Four, built for Texas, built for you. It is Dallas Cowboys executive vice president Stephen Jones. Good afternoon, sir.
3: Good afternoon, guys. How you doing?
2: We're doing really well. I heard you with our afternoon show on Friday talking about how the refs correctly implemented the rule on Ceedee Lamb's amazing non-touchdown catch. I was really curious has the competition committee spent more time discussing and debating what a catch is than like <laughs> any
3: other rule? Uh, I think so. When they continue to uh, rear their head, I mean, I was looking at the Hunter Henry uh, catch and a couple other ones out there and uh, boy, it's just uh, such a, you know, a fine line uh, when you get into really looking at the, uh, the rule and, and everything that goes into it. So it's certainly not easy. I, as I said, I do think, you know, it was a great play by CD, but unfortunately, you know, until we changed that toe-heel rule, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was executed, you know, correctly by the officials. I
4: am – I was looking at some stats, Stephen, recently, and I noticed Dak's been standing up the last two games. And then I noticed y'all have only given up, I think, 14 sacks this year. Y'all are the, y'all have given up the least amount of sacks this season. And, and, and we go back to Tyler Smith was the draft pick. This offensive line got better. We were terrified for a moment that when Tyron got hurt, it would be worse. How? Where do you credit for, for what this offensive line's become this year?
3: Well, I think it's the full body of work. I mean, you got to start with, uh, you know, uh, executing offense, which, of course, is Kellen and and Mike. And uh, and then it rolls on down to who's coaching them, which is uh, Coach Philbin and, you know, his group. And uh, what a great job they've done. But at the end of the day, it comes down, uh, you know, to the players. And they've just done a a really good job, I think, of – Getting some good continuity in there. We hadn't had to change out a lot this year uh, because you know the health has been good between uh, Tyler and, and and Connor and Tyler and uh, you know Zach and uh, Steele. It's just been a you know they've been able to play with, with with really good continuity. The great news is you know I think it's a, a strength of our team. We've got a guy who's a Peter Hall of Famer and Peters back there ready to uh, jump in and has at times helped when there's either been a, uh, you know, uh, someone who's a little hobbled or just getting him some experience at the different positions. And then, uh, you know, Farniak uh, should be back before the season's out. And uh, I thought Ball did a great job when asked uh, to jump in there. And then finally we've got Tyron Smith coming, which is how many teams get a hall of fame uh, or one of the best tackles in the league left tackle uh, coming uh, when they're already, uh, you know, playing at a pretty high level. And, you know, I give Dak credit too. I mean, he gets rid of the ball in a timely fashion. Cooper did the same thing. Uh, they, they they understand the offense. They execute it. They get the ball out, which is a a big help to the offensive line.
4: One of our uh, we we saw the video in the post where McCarthy was talking to the team afterwards, and one of our co-hosts uh, at the station here said that uh, they think that Tyron Smith is an Avenger. Is can you confirm whether or not he's a part-time Avenger Ooh. in the
3: world? <laughs> I don't know about that. I uh, I know this. I want him on my side. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, this guy's a, a, an amazing uh, a specimen. He works at his, his trade. He's uh, got to be one of the stronger guys in the league. I mean, he looks like just, uh, uh, you know, he looks like a, bo- a bodybuilder as well. I mean, he's chiseled uh, to be an offensive lineman. But uh, it's going to be great to have him back.
2: Now, and, and for as good as the offensive line has been, if I took you all the way back and told you that Tyron was going to be missing this whole time, even with optimism, there's no way we would have thought the offensive line would be this good, right?
3: Well, I think he, again that that'd be hard to uh, you know project out to be playing at this level when you're talking about uh, you know a young Terrence Steele at right tackle, obviously a rookie at left tackle, and Tyler uh, Tyler, and then. Of course, Connor really becoming, you know, a full time starter for the uh, first time and, and playing, you know, at a, a, a great level. And I think Byades has only gotten better. And then of course the, the glue to that whole group, Zach Martin, who I think go down as one of the best guards that ever played the game. Uh, he's so consistent uh, at a very high level, uh, game in and game out. Uh, it's just a, a good group we have.
2: I know the wins are great, but I'm hoping you can speak on this. I have to imagine the penalties, especially those of the pre-snap variety, have to be driving you and the organization a little crazy.
3: Yeah, I think anytime you you know you're up there at the top and penalties, that's that's not not good. Uh, I think it's a testament to how well we're playing that we're overcoming uh, a lot of that. But uh, that catches up to you uh, when you get to playoff football and. You're playing against uh, teams playing at a very high level. Uh, That's hard to overcome. Certainly, we've got to clean that up, uh, you know, and and get that in a place, uh, you know, that it needs to be. But uh, certainly the game against the Giants, it was, uh, you know, certainly not at at a level that's acceptable. I know Coach McCarthy uh, is all over it. Uh, You know, when you got some of your best players getting the penalties, uh, you know, that adds to some of the frustration, which we did, uh, you know, during this game. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I just really feel like w- we can clean this up. And uh, if we want to get to where we want to get to, we're going to have to clean it up. Uh,
4: Mike was pointing out this morning, I think he was talking about it on Friday as well, uh, that the watching Zeke run is is a little bit different right now. And I don't know if it's maybe you can help us out a little bit. I'm wondering if it's just the freshness of the legs because he had a couple, a little bit of a time off there or if he's seeing something differently because he's he's looking like he's hitting the hole and looking to gain yards beyond that as opposed to there was a time where it looked like he would hit the hole and then kind of say, I'm going to lunge for about three yards. Are you seeing a different running back? And you, Can you explain maybe why?
3: Well, I do think, uh, you know, Zeke's one of those guys who's going to play regardless. And uh, he's not going to look for any way out. He wants to be out there competing for his team. and and I do think between one keeping him fresh, uh, you know, with this, uh, you know, with uh, Pollard uh, getting, you know, a nice uh, number of snaps game in and game out. And then, as you said, he, you know, we were very conservative with him, with the injury. And, uh, and I I do think he's fresh and certainly, uh, uh, you know, feeling good about where he is. Uh, I just think it's a great combination between him and Pollard. Uh, You know, it's a, Uh, ying and yang if you will in terms of you know Zeke when he runs up in there I know you know I agree with you I think he's hit some holes and you know not just lunging but he's dishing it out Uh, I promise you it wears on opposing defenses and certainly sets up nicely for Pollard uh, when he sees those holes uses you know his best asset which is his juice uh, and acceleration and uh, certainly making big plays for us so Obviously, a big part of our team, the offensive line and those two uh, running backs being as physical as they are, we've got a good group of tight ends who get in there and fight. Uh, You know, we're dressing four tight ends a game, which hasn't been our normal uh, deal. But, uh, uh, you know, when we have them all in there, it gives you some real versatility, not only to run the football in a real positive way, but certainly, uh, as we've seen, uh, not only Schultz, but uh, Hendershot and Ferguson as well uh, are able to make plays uh, in the passing game, so you know I think it's a great part of our offense and one that's uh re- you know really i think lended to you know the last four or five games us really uh picking it up on the offensive side of the ball.
2: We heard Jerry talk about what John Madden meant to the game and meant to the cowboys prior to the Thanksgiving game. I was kind of curious what did you think about the different tributes and everything that came in during Thanksgiving for John Madden.
3: Well, it was just, uh, certainly, uh, everybody was warmed, uh, by seeing all the tributes and I think reminded of, of what he brought, uh, to the game. Uh, you know, I think he really uh, took what it meant to call a game, to be in the booth, uh, you know, for television, for a game to a whole nother level. And, uh, certainly uh you know it was something that everybody warmed up to that they enjoyed uh and uh you know it wasn't uh just all about the game all the time he he just uh, made you feel so good about uh you know w- what you're doing on thanksgiving what you might be doing on christmas what what players might be thinking about i mean he had such a unique way uh you know to bring our game and to humanize our our players our coaches of what we're about. Uh, I think he was just uh, very unique, uh, very special, and uh, as we saw there over the weekend, with the tributes will always be remembered.
4: How important right now is it? Like, y'all kind of had a little bit of a break over the weekend, but to kind of get back in action, and get back into the mode as you get prepared for Indianapolis right now?
3: Well, we're in our stretch run right now, and uh, it's for sure one game at a time. I mean, these cold are. Uh, have played it really, uh, at a really high level. And, uh, uh, I'm sure they'll be prepared. Uh, you know, it's so important each and every game, uh, you know, certainly as I'm sure a lot of Dallas fans did watch that Eagles game last night and know, uh, you know, obviously they're one of the best teams in football and, uh, yet we still have, uh, I think an opportunity to, uh, you know, to get in there and maybe get that East in the end, if we'll do our part. I mean, uh, uh, we just got to get in there and uh, take each game one game at a time. Uh, keep getting better each week. Uh, you mentioned probably the uh, you know number one priority is let's get these uh, uh, penalties and certainly uh, the turnovers, which are uh, you know you got to keep out of your game as well. And then the flip side of that is create some turnovers. If we can do that down the stretch, we're going to improve uh, on what is already I think a good football team.
4: Now, Stephen, you haven't told us to stop asking about this yet, so I will continue. Oh, to ask it's going to happen right at some now, point Corey. You will. Uh, Odell had Beckham had a, a bit of a a thing that popped up in the news yesterday on the airplane. Does that does that come up in conversation? Do you get the information like do you get the the real story about it beforehand, or is it one of those Hey, what happened, buddy?"
3: Uh, well, you get the information, but the, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we've kind of said. What we're going to say about Odell? Certainly, it's uh, you know it's getting to that point uh, where uh, you know this thing's going to get very competitive, and probably the less said, the better. Uh, you know, until we know uh, what that outcome is going to be in terms of where where he's going to suit up.
2: Well, when we have you on next Monday, if he can just tell us if it's already done, we would really appreciate that.
3: <laughs> Sounds great, guys. All right, thanks a lot, Steven. Yeah, thank you, Steven. All right. Y'all have a great week.
2: There you go. Steven Jones right here on one hundred 105.3 The Fan. And that right there, Corey. This rem- tells me everything you yeah, know. Yeah, that remains a thing. The Cowboys don't usually say hey, we're going to keep quiet on this. That is like not necessarily their M.O. usually. Yeah. And so when he says. Don't want to rock the boat at all. Yeah. And when he says for competitive reasons, we're probably going to kind of keep standard with the answers that we have we have given. Mm-hmm. That leads you to believe their level of interest. I still think they're a giant favorite to sign him. I can't remember if it was Schefter or Glazer said, if other teams are 6 or 7 to 1, the Cowboys are 2 to 1. It so makes, yeah. they're a pretty decisive favorite at this moment.
4: But, yeah, no, it, it tells me everything I need to know about their approach to this is they want to walk into that conversation. They don't want to have the Odell moment sitting on their side of the table right? where they're talking to him and he's like, you gotta answer for this. Right. Uh they want they oh, want he said we'll get the information, <laughs> yeah, Corey. Yeah, it's gonna be gotten already. So that, that's man, that was really telling right there.
2: And then just a quick side note, if people cared, I found this pretty interesting is forty two million viewers for the Giants Cowboys game. The most people that have ever watched a regular season game in NFL history. Now, I thought it would have beaten out like a couple of years ago or last year or whatever, 1990. That was the previous highest-rated game in terms of most viewers. It was the Giants and the 49ers in 1990. How many viewers? 41.6 million, and this one had 42 million. We now that
4: many people in
0: 1990? Yes, there were,
2: there were that many people I with TV. I mean, TVs. if you think about
0: it, there was way less options. Okay. You had <laughs> either seven channels or let's just say 50 channels. Yeah. Like Solid. if you had cable, so... That's why numbers will never be like what they were in the 80s and 90s. And I think that balances
2: it out to a certain degree because people are like, well, there's way more people now. And I was like, well, sure, but there's also so many more options. But, yeah, the previous high was in 1990, so the Thanksgiving game most watched regular season game in the history of football. Who predicted that last week? Feel like it was either you or oh, Jerry. I definitely predicted it, but then Jerry said he said on Friday, and I was like, you know what, we're having a good time. I'm not going to stop him. <laughs> Is he said it'll be the highest rated game all season except for the Super Bowl, and I was like, yeah, those championship games can draw 50 million, but the point that like this would even be in the mix. For like a top five game of the season, and it's a regular season game. Oh Yeah, valid. That is pretty impressive. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Coming up next, we move into the expressway and the lunch Mm. rush. Well, guess what? We'll give away tickets to the Cowboys. Mm. We got Mike Likes It. Plus, around the NFC East, Commanders continue to win, but they're the worst at everything else. We'll do it next right here in The Fan.
1: Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. And back to pass is an area. ball's tipped. It's in the air. And is it picked off in the end zone? The commander said they picked it off. Did Kendall Fuller get it waiting for the signal? On the field. Is interception? interception, Kendall Fuller.
2: KNC Masterpiece back here on 105 through The Fan. Big win for the commanders. And right now... Let's go through the whole NFC East, and we will also do a Cowboys ticket giveaway brought to you by Miller Lite. You just have to pick the correct team, and we will do the giveaway. Now your options, the Eagles, the Giants, the Cowboys, the Commanders, and general NFC East information. Seahawks.
0: Nobody wants general. Except for Dawson. It's pretty good.
4: Dawson
2: probably likes because he's the general. Oh, that's a good point.
0: Yep. I'm choosing the Eagles because, man, can they spell. Is that the team? <coughs> I mean, I heard them spell that name at least <laughs> five times when I was flipping back over from the Mavericks getting demolished. Now, when they were on defense.
2: Is the Eagles were victorious 40-33 to 33 over the Packers. By the way, just a side note for the Packers is – Aaron Rodgers has an avulsion fracture of his thumb, and that usually leads to surgery. And then he went out of the game with his oblique injury, and he's already said, no, I'm, I'm going to play against the Bears. Despite the oblique rib and thumb injury, he's like, don't worry about it. I'm going to go ahead and play. So this is what happens when a bone
4: fragment separates from the rest of the bone. So he had a Whoa. fracture, and then that section kind of falls off. Do they can they just take it out and say we yeah. don't need it anymore? Yeah. Okay,
0: they can also. I mean, I know this doesn't gluing it back, but they can. They can put, <laughs> calcium glue. Well, I just all uh, I know is about elbow. You get a elbows. lot of times for pitchers, yeah. you get bone spurs, and then shit, loose. They call them loose bodies in your elbow, and sometimes they go in there and usually remove them. Okay. it just, I think, I don't know this. I'd have to, like, ask Meister or Conway or somebody like that. Like, maybe if the bone spur or chip is big enough, they would rather not remove it but put it back into its place. But I don't know that. But I know that there's a lot of loose bodies that are taken out of elbows for pitchers.
2: Now, of course, the Jordan Love experiment ran wild for just a second as he went six of nine. Nice. And, okay. Thank you. And he and his threw. His card prices went up. He threw 113 yards in for a touchdown. And yes, people jumped all over that. As for the Eagles themselves, uh-huh. Jalen Hurts had 102 yards rushing in the first quarter when it looked like the Eagles might win that game by 50 points. Now, quickly things turned around, but Jalen Hurts threw for 153 yards and ran for 157 yards. He is the fourth player. In the Super Bowl era, to pass and rush for 150 yards in the same game. Can you name the other three in the Super Bowl era?
0: Lamar Jackson.
2: Lamar Jackson is one. You got the other one. You, <laughs> you picked the easiest one. Well, I think
0: the other one is going to be the guy drafted first overall in 2001.
2: That is Michael Vick. That is correct. But keep in mind, there are three. Cam Newton? That is that's a good, incorrect. That's this person... Had a career that will be much, 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 much better known for off-field or sideline things than their play on the field. They he already Walker. said Michael Vick. No, not Michael Vick.
0: Do you hear my guess? <laughs> <Off field. laughs> no, not. It's a quarterback. It's not. Hershel. Steve
2: DeBurr.
0: Is Steve DeBurr uh, no. off the field? Off the field or like.
2: sideline things as opposed to their play on the field. Sideline.
0: So he's a sideline reporter? He's a sideline. Kurt Warner. Ryan right.
2: Colin Kaepernick. Oh, So yeah. Michael Vick, Colin Kaepernick, and Lamar Jackson, the only other players besides Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl era to reach the 150 rushing and passing yard plateau, or I guess mark, in the same game. From the 2-1-4, it was Steve DeBerg, right? It was uh-huh. not. Uh-huh. The answer is never Steve DeBerg, unless the question is, who have we still not booked on the show, despite talking about him more than any other radio show yeah, in the get country? On that, Kevin. Or on. if the question is,
4: who did Joe Montana replace
2: two times in his career? Right? <laughs> that, that is a great point. So... The Eagles and Packers combined for 47 points in the first half. That was the highest-scoring first half all season in an NFL game. The Eagles victorious 40-33. to 33.
0: All right, I'm going to ask football questions tomorrow, but I'm going to ask about the Packers' future the rest of the way now that they're pretty much eliminated from the playoffs. And my question will also be, Three minutes to go, ball on the 25, need a touchdown. Do you feel confident in Jalen Hurts? Don't answer him now. That's where Mike asks all the football questions.
2: From the 210, I will give this person credit. They guessed Kaepernick before anybody else. Jim Zorn, come on. Mm -hmm, What are we even doing? All right. Do You guys want the general NFC East statistic, the Giants, the Commanders, or the Cowboys?
0: Cowboys are in second let's give something away! Eight seven, Not a win for seven. Germany.
2: caller number 10 will win a pair of standing room tickets. Then the party passes to see the Cowboys play the Colts on Sunday night, courtesy of Miller Lite. We will do another giveaway on Thursday. But right now, if you want to win your party passes for Cowboys Colts for free, caller number 10, 877-881-1053. Now, you requested the Cowboys a lot of this is going to be about Dak Prescott but the first statistic I will give you is about Ezekiel Elliott with his rushing touchdown in the second quarter Ezekiel Elliott tied Des Bryant for the four, fourth most touchdowns in team history so congratulations to him for that now for Dak he is twenty-six and six against the NFC East, nine and one against the Commanders, seven and three against the Eagles, and ten and two against the Giants. And I do believe he lost his first two games to the Giants and then has won his last ten against them.
0: Twenty to 19 first game. I remember yeah. being there. Terrence Williams didn't help in the end. I'm not sure if the Cowboys would have made that long field goal, but yeah. it didn't help at the end that Terrence Williams didn't know how football clocks were.
2: That did feel like a very Notable play. And then Dak. I don't think you knew how those scooters work either that go with Porsches or mm-hmm. Oh man. I totally, totally forgotten about that. I do. We've all remember. fallen off a scooter before. But it wasn't but but it was just not regular, wouldn't it? Like a DUI scooter at like three in the morning or something.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they give you they give you with the purchase of a premium sports vehicle, the drunk, the drunk, uh, scooter. Yeah. The D- Here's the DUI Scootering scooter. If you ever screw up, just get on this scooter. Yeah. You'll only get to an get SWI. away from the vehicle.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is, so Dak. Just walk home. <laughs> yeah. It's a fair point. I don't know how much faster that scooter is. Dak threw You're really for. really supposed
0: to stay there, but.
2: Two okay. touchdowns. His 153 career touchdown passes. Ties Roger Staubach for the fourth most passing touchdowns I in franchise it. history.
0: Better than Roger.
2: Well, so far, even. But
0: well, the next t- week,
2: the 10 straight wins over the Giants joins Hall of Famer Roger Staubach and Billy Kilmer as the only quarterback since 1950 to win 10 straight starts against the Giants. So, man, Dax, they bounce it up in two different conversations. With
4: Roger Do you know how many touchdowns he needs, Kevin, in order to become second on the list? Seven. Mike, would you like to take a guess? Three.
1: Three. Twelve.
4: Oh. Troy is at 165, and Dak is at 153. Do you know how many he needs to catch up to Tony? E- Four. 48. I don't know. Tony's at 248. So 153 oh, minus 248, okay, 95. To, 95. That's all he's got to do. He's Next already year. third in passing yards. That doesn't feel likely. That's a lot.
2: But Next we'll year see. you think he can do it? Yeah. And I like to see it. Do you want to go with the Giants
0: or the Commanders? Well, they're all in the playoffs, but let's go with the Giants as they hold the sixth spot
2: for now. The Giants are at oh. 7 and 4 according to 538. This is the first time their playoff chances have dropped below 50% this season. Oh, no. Oh. Dave, oh. what happened? Yeah. Well, part of the reason of what happened is their quarterback. Now, this is Osa Yumanyura and OC? OC, sorry. Okay. Uh, you know what? And it says, and I'm looking right at it OSI. That's what and I'm I was here. Like, I got you. You know what? Let's change it. I
4: I was just going to leave him out there. Here are,
2: like I did with Saleh (laughs) and Sharif, not cool by me, is this is his breakdown of Daniel Jones, which, like, goes all over the place, which is amazing to me. The Giants are in a bit of a problem right here because you wouldn't say Daniel Jones is Patrick Mahomes, right? I mean, I agree with that. You wouldn't say that, but he's a good quarterback, and he's shown that he's a pretty good quarterback. All right, so this is already... We wouldn't say Daniel Jones is Patrick Holmes, but he's good. Or he's pretty good. (laughs) He's pretty good. This is already my favorite statement. So, now, what do you do if you don't re-sign him? Who are you going to bring in that's going to be better? You're in a bit of a situation where you almost have to sign him because no college quarterback is really going to be better, even if you don't think that he's a long-term answer for you at the position. You're kind of stuck. I think he's going to be with the Giants for the next couple of years. I mean, this is a pretty low. I can see that, too. Like,
0: it's very tough to draft. Franchise. To draft at. uh, Let's just say everything collapses. They'd still be drafting at 16 or 17. But drafting somewhere between 16 and 22, it's not the easiest thing to feel confident that a quarterback you love is going to be there.
4: I agree. Can't sit there, though, and, like, go try and find one in free agency, too. Like, so the... The Giants are in a tough
0: spot. Man, I watched Ohio State play. I don't know if that guy's the number one pick.
4: They, like, they can. Oh, really? Like,
0: number one one. Okay. I'm not saying a first-round pick. Like Trevor Lawrence.
4: Yeah, it doesn't work the, like the Daniel Jones is not well, going to be the He threw it back thing. in my face, and
0: it, it stung.
4: <laughs> it, it wasn't an intentional, like, but I think we well, all that's agreed. that's how it landed. Mike, we all agreed when we saw him, we were like, this is a number one one. Like yeah. that, That's what I was trying right. to say there. I'm not yeah. trying to say what's happened since. The the but like Daniel Jones was never that and they like he elevated he was a Tannehill right yeah whereas like all of a sudden oh did you see this I, I don't know man they are in my mind in trouble for a while if they don't get more even more talent and a better quarterback man. but but but, but Dave I think love- is good enough and organized enough. To keep them in the... You know what? I'm sorry. Dable.
2: Because yeah, they lost. They did lose. In uh, your
4: face. The, uh, <laughs> I hope I'm, you're, I'm okay I hope, with that. I hope so. You know, uh, but like he's... You know, they, they, they have a lot more building to do. It's just can they do it while they're franchise tagging or extending him
2: in the future? Now, let's talk about the Washington Commanders. We did play the highlight of what essentially won them the game. This
0: is the playing the Falcons.
2: S- that I mean, that helps too. But the Falcons are half a game behind <laughs> Tom Brady for your opening round playoff opponent as of right now. Check this out. The Washington Commanders would be in first place of the NFC South by a game and a half. They would also be at a first place in the AFC North and South by half a game. They're in last place of the division. So in the three other divisions they would either be leading or within half a game of first place and they're in last place of the NFC
4: East i'm trying to confirm here yep they've won 5 of uh, 6 5 yeah 5 of 6 4 of the last 5 with the return of Brian Robinson okay and i i wonder how how much of an impact that's made just like, right. the dude got shot and then he's out there immediately, and it's like, do, how can you not be accountable to him?
2: Okay, so that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. I also, Taylor Heineke is 5-1 and one yeah, as that, the that starter. Too, yeah. But to your point about Brian Robinson, in the game against the Falcons, 18 carries for 105 yards. That was his best performance thus far as a pro. And like you said, best performance since coming back. In this calendar year, After being and getting shot. shot twice in the legs. Yeah, like I by said, by who? I don't, don't know, I don't some know. kid, right? Yeah. Wasn't he like fifteen or sixteen? Wasn't it like a
4: stray situation where he just kind of got shot? It wasn't intentional, you know. That him, I think he was just kind of in that area. That being said, like like I said, Mike, if I get shot, you're not seeing me for a long time, a yeah. long time. I'm gonna yeah. have to go through some mental stuff and deal with all that. Not gonna see me even if you call and you're like hey can I you come don't bring know you how some, react i i know i'm gonna use this as an opportunity to relax and mentally go be somewhere else <laughs> the commanders have won
2: three straight and six of seven uh, so those are the good you believe th- them i think they have a better I, shot of making the playoffs than the giants
0: i agree with kevin on that if you look at the schedules i think that washington does have a better chance of making the playoffs now uh, they both definitely hold their own destiny of, of making the wild card yes. spot. And really, if you look at it, after Seattle lost to, I almost said Oakland, to Las Vegas, Vegas I'm not so sure who's going to super push these two teams.
2: I, I It's amazing. All four of them are in the playoffs right now. Now, the bad, there is still bad news for the commanders because, of course, they're the commanders. Is Chase Young... Did get activated for the first time to be on the 53-man roster. But then they downgraded him to out against the Falcons because of illness. So we're still waiting for that.
4: Well, let's Are we talk, ever going to see him play? Who,
2: who knows? Maybe next week. But let's talk about the major disappointment.
0: The Mavericks.
2: Did you? You'll have a chance for that in just a second. <laughs> did you see the half-assed memorial for Sean Taylor? Yes. They the commanders acted like they were operating a part of a dillards or something and they were like here is his jersey on some plastic and that is the memorial. People were apparently people in attendance were shocked there was no statue. They were shocked there was no like bigger setup than it was an it was a glass case with A plastic mannequin wearing the Sean Taylor jersey. There was a plastic mannequin? I think. No, I think it was like a wire. It was like a wire mannequin, so it looked like, you know, all of the parts of the outfit were Were floating. floating. And Yeah, and that was it. Nothing else, and the commanders continue to be terrible at everything. Now, Reggie, we talked a little bit about this
4: this morning. I didn't hear anything about it until day of. Like, oh, they're going to do this, and I was like, oh, that's a big letdown hearing about it that day, just seeing it. And I said, Reggie, do you think they were talking about this and pumping it up beforehand? You said they
2: were. I believe that they were, if I remember correctly.
4: And so that's still a big letdown. And that's the thing with this is I don't think that they can do anything that will. that's not going to fail because yeah. of just the
2: way that Washington is. Like
4: That's just the kind of
2: feeling on what they are. <laughs> we, were, we were talking. I was talking with Paul Worth from Worth Collecting in Waxahachie, donated a bunch of stuff for peace thon including the chair back and autographed it that people bid on, is I was like, why is your team such an embarrassment? And he said two words, Daniel Snyder. And... Could it possibly just be
1: Daniel Snyder? Like, organizationally, they are doing so many things in a way that's I, problematic.
2: I think, I think Snyder has turned into the Jerry Jones-style catch-all where anything bad happens, it's his fault, sure. even the things that aren't his fault, right? So, I think he's responsible for a lot of it, but no, I'm with you. Not not all of it, probably.
4: But they are bad at it. No, they really are.
2: They're, We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan now. How about some Mike likes it?
0: Oh, guys. Likes it is a tough word right If it's now. about the Mavericks, it's a dislikes it. All right, so it's about the Mavericks, guys. <laughs> okay, there you go. I know uh, we said shun them, but we do have to talk about them because they had a horrible road trip where they went 0-3 there. Mm-hmm. We don't have
2: to, Mike. You can talk about Thanksgiving.
0: They've lost their last four. I don't want to talk about that either. Oh, no. What happened? (laughs) What happened at Thanksgiving? That's great. Oh, I I know. I love family. (laughs) Nothing. Um, All right. I actually have for Mike likes it number four on my list is because I was like I can skip the Mavs. But my next one is Mahomes not good. <laughs> so. so this is a Mike dislikes it. Mike loves the Mavs, his Stanley
1: right. and
2: Patrick Mahomes. Real and he's quick,
1: like,
0: eh, uh, I'll know. talk. I'll talk Patrick Mahomes because even though I wrote Mahomes not good, I do like this. I watched that game. I love watching him. Yeah, I, I just he's my favorite guy to watch play football in the NFL. And what I liked was at the end of the game, the interview, I believe with Aaron Andrews, he immediately like almost stops Aaron Andrews first question if if it was Aaron Andrews, uh, I think it was because it was the Greg Olson, whoever the other person is game is um, he goes, look, I wasn't good. like the defense saved me that was a that was a I couldn't remember if he called it stupid dumb but he used he used a word like that to talk about his interception in the yeah. end zone. And I just, I really liked that from Patrick Mahomes. So this is kind of a Mike likes it, even though, is when you hear that from Patrick Mahomes, and then I heard, I was kept it on Fox there, uh, and they showed the post-game, like, in the locker room stuff, and Patrick Mahomes like, great job, defense, you led us today. And offense, we're going to learn from this one. And I know I don't have his quote exactly right, but to me, this is why Zach Wilson has no chance to ever quarterback the Jets again. Because Patrick Mahomes, and I know that he's way different than, than Zach Wilson, but he immediately, enter, in the interview, right as the game ends, goes, Aaron Andrews, I was bad. Our defense won the game. This is a team game, and our team won the game. I didn't play my best football. And we'll get better from this. We got a tough game. I got to play better than this. They play the Bengals next week, I believe, in Cincinnati. So that should be a great game to watch. Hopefully, Jamar Chase is healthy for that one. But I just really liked Mahomes. Even though I wrote Mahomes not good, I really liked what Mahomes said after the game in immediately going, I wasn't good today. Now, they still easily won the game, but he wasn't good. Um, That's why I really hated that. Uh, 150-150 Jalen Hurts, in a way, was good. You know, obviously put up tons of points, and he does it a different way than what you'd say a Patrick Mahomes does it. But Mahomes didn't have a great game on somewhat of a national stage against a chump opponent, Uh, but they easily won the game, and then Jalen Hurts had a really good game. I wonder with voters how much they take right now watching Jalen Hurts play right after Patrick I, Mahomes is I think those are the two guys yeah, they're deciding between. I,
2: I wonder about Tua getting into that mix. Like I really, really think he is solidly in that mix right now. But I still think yeah. it's Mahomes.
0: And I think Josh Allen is still in the mix because if he beats Tua the next game, and not that they're playing this week, I don't think they're later in the season, uh in Buffalo, yeah. right? I mean I think Josh Allen, because of being a front runner, if they were to win out or if they were to have a really nice close in the month of December. But the other thing about Mahomes is he never loses in November or December? This
2: is the 26th straight victory, I believe, for him in November and December, which that's, is
0: amazing. That's amazing. Okay, so now back to the Dallas Mavericks. So horrible road trip. I mean, their role players. They're playing as bad as they can possibly play for the most part in a general statement. Yeah. I get Christian Wood had had his moments, but I mean— for the most part, these role players are just... They're not this bad, but they're playing as bad Awful. as they can possibly yeah. play. And I thought Derek Harper summed it up a little bit last night at the end of the game pretty well. Is He said, a lot of people have been talking about the Mavs' energy and effort. And I thought tonight they gave good energy and effort. Now... I, I agree with him. I think the Mavs played as almost as good as they can play last night with the team that they have. And they still were down by double digits most of the fourth quarter. I know they had a run where they closed it to within one. That might have been late in the third. I can't remember if it was late in the third or early in the fourth. But for the most part, they're down by 14 to 16 points most of that game. And I think that this Dallas Maverick team is 10 to 20 points worse than than the Milwaukee Bucks. And remember, the Milwaukee Bucks played without Chris Middleton. Who did the Mavericks not play with? Reggie Bullock, who shoots 28% from the field on wide-open threes. Like, I mean, you're not missing yeah. anything with Reggie Bullock not being there. Maybe, yeah, there's a few times that maybe uh, Ted Cruz would have missed a three-point shot. Oh, shemot. my
2: gosh. Grayson Allen,
0: yeah. But, I mean, for the most part, I think Derek Harper was right. Now, they've lost five games this year because they didn't try, which is really weird that they didn't want to put in the energy, effort, and focus to actually try at basketball. So they're 9-10, and 10, and five of those losses are just because they didn't care to play basketball hard yeah. that night. But last night, they played hard. But Derek summed it up. Harper, he's like, yeah, they actually played hard tonight. Now, he didn't say this. You're like, what does that mean when you play hard against one of the better teams in the NBA and it's a blowout?
4: It means you're not very good. Right. Like, it means you just you don't have the talent to keep up with that level of team. Which, Mike, I mean, the champions from last year – you kind of did see that they didn't have the talent to match up with the champions from last year.
0: Yeah, I was really wrong about this season. I, I thought that it would be better than this. I said that they'd have to make a trade now. They signed Kemba Walker. If you had not heard the news today, yeah. the Mavericks signed Kemba Walker. Uh, I don't know when he's going to play, how much he's going to play, if he has anything left. I've heard from my New York Knicks people already. They say he's completely and totally finished, has nothing left. Yet I looked at his numbers last year, and you know who he's way better than? Tim Hardaway Jr., Yeah, he started off the season horribly. So, And he wasn't good last year either, but he wasn't this bad. That's true. So, and I said this, I'll say it again. I think one of the best things that happened to the Dallas Mavericks last year was Tim Hardaway Jr. broke his foot. Watching him play again on this team, he just is such a negative player. He doesn't play defense at all. He's a very streaky shooter. He's not this bad of a shooter. But he's also not a good shooter. He's not a guy you can rely on. He's a guy you're hoping is hot. He's not a guy, he's not Ray Allen, or he's not, I know that's a tough one to compare to because he's one of the greatest of all time, but if you think of one of my favorite players when I was a kid was Dell Ellis, like, you knew Dell Ellis was going to make open shots. Like, yes, there was going to be an off night every once in a while, but really, it's the on night for Tim Hardaway Jr. That's the off night. You're like, oh my God, he hit seven of 12 shots, like. That just usually doesn't happen. You just have to live with the three out of four games where it's bad. We just need to get the one out of four games where he's actually good at shooting a ball. Mavericks right now, guys, have the 10th pick in the draft. It doesn't go to the New York Knicks. It's top 10 protected. So I ask you guys, the poll that I put up on Twitter yesterday. Hey. Will the Mavs finish right now, if you had to guess, a one through four seed, which is getting home court advantage in the first round, the five to six seed, which is making the real playoffs, the seven to ten seed, which is the play-in situation, or are they going to be a lotto team, which they are right now? Where do you think the Mavs finish at the end of the year?
2: Uh play-in. I mean,
4: Really? Yeah. You don't think they can turn it on in the after – after December's over with like they did last year?
2: No, I do. I just, like, if I had to guess right now, I would say the 7 to 10 spot would be logical.
0: I like where Corey's going. Answer the question. I'm going to talk about that because somebody put this on Twitter that I really like.
4: I I, I think that I think that they will have enough information to go and make some, change, some subtle changes and then turn some stuff on in the second half. I think they can be a playoff team without having to be a play-in.
0: So last year, the Mavs got off to a very similar start. What's different this year than last year? Last year, Luca showed up fat and out of shape. So he was a bad player to start the year. He had a bad start to the season as you're working in. So, about 25 games, 30 games into the season, you start seeing a much better Luca yeah. because he's physically capable of playing. Luca's playing right now 42 minutes a night. He can't get in better shape. Like, he, I get that you'd love for him to be more in Michael Jordan shape or LeBron James shape. He's just not going to be that guy. But he's literally playing for you all 24 minutes of the second half to try to even give you a chance of winning these games. So he can't get any better. Now, I know that he can, but in a sense of where he was last year at this point to where he is this year, this year he's a top three MVP candidate. Last year he wasn't even a top ten MVP candidate after 20 games into the season. The other thing. COVID struck the Dallas Mavericks. So they were dealing with guys in and out of their rotation because of guys getting sick. They have been almost as healthy as you can possibly be for 19 games. Luca is playing at an MVP level and they're nine and 10. So you start looking at it going last year, at least all those things combined. I was probably just as disappointed as last year, but then it started playing out where, Oh man, Luca got in shape in the second half and started playing like an MVP Caliber player and no more COVID was happening to the team with major injuries. Obviously, Tim Hardaway Jr. got hurt, but I think that helped the team. That's my theory. I know that's a a bad theory. I know I could get crushed on that on social media. I understand, but I think he's that negative of a player. Okay.
2: What is the max amount of minutes that Luka can, can play? I know you said 42, like he's not really playing that many minutes. But like I what he,
0: I think he did the other
2: night. I mean, one time. Yes, right. that is true. But he's closer to like the 37 minute range. What is the maximum number of
0: minutes? Like for the His body for, style and everything, yeah. 34 to 36.
2: Okay. So even I'm right there with Mike even on early that. on we're already surpassing that. So that's because probably of, not because sustainable. Because
4: of uh, an off season that said we're going to have to just do more Luca. Like yeah. that's what the off season said was this is, we don't have any other options. Yeah. We can't, we can't go get any other options. So either. last night
0: he would have played because watching the game, I think with three minutes to go, the Mavs said, we quit. We yeah. can't win this game. And so he played 35, but the night before, 43 and the night before, 40. Right. Like, I mean, they're trying. They're, they're like, Luca, you can't sit out. We're not good enough for you not to sit out. You just have to play all 24 minutes of you, the second half.
2: Do you think the hope, I'm not saying that this is what's going to happen, but do you think the hope is that. Kemba Walker can spell at least a few of those ball handling minutes to drive that down. I'm yes. not saying it's a great strategy, but...
0: Yes, because we saw the other day Dinwiddie got in foul trouble, and we put in little guy Carmona, whatever. His, I don't even know. A- who's being cut now, right, by he the got way, released. to make Facundo Campazzo. Like, he sucks. <laughs> He's not an NBA player. He's he's great for Euro League or go to a go to the lower level league, go to the next highest level like that. He's great at basketball. Don't get me wrong, he's a great basketball player. He's not an NBA basketball player, right? And so that's the problem: is your second best ball handler. And I know Dinwiddie is a combo guard to me. He's not a true point guard. He's a great two guard that has point guard skills. He's not a point guard, so. Uh, you know, he was the only other guy that kind of had what you'd consider a point guard mentality, point guard skills. And so now you add Kemba. So maybe, yeah, 10 to 20 minutes. Now, look, uh, is there is there going to be any repercussions for Tim Hardaway Jr. never playing defense and taking horrible shots? I mean, it doesn't look like
4: it. Try and move him in a trade. I mean, I mean can can that's the know? only repercussion. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I mean, sit him. Don't yeah. play him anymore. Yeah. Like isn't Bertans better than him? I hate saying that. At I'm not like a, no. They're they're about the same. It ain't much. It ain't much worse. I, I'll take Tim Hardaway
2: Jr. as being a, a pretty much a lot defend, better defender. Not a good defender. Davis Bertans might be the worst defensive player in the He's league. He's down there.
0: I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is right next to him.
2: Wow. If they were both on the court, which one would you attack first?
0: I would try to attack Burton's yeah. first, but if I, I would love, I would rather the ball be caught by Tim Hardaway Jr. on offense, Yeah, no, absolutely. because he's going <laughs> to dribble it off his foot, throw it out of bounds, just throw it to the or other team, it. and really, yeah, that's that's his wet dream is to shoot it fifty <laughs> times a game. Sorry if I. Wasn't I don't. Know.
2: I honestly have no idea if that is fine or not,
0: but. Um, <laughs> The Mavs right now, to end this, have the 10th overall pick. It doesn't even go to the Knicks. And maybe. I don't think it'll end up. I do think they will be a play-in team. I think they're going to okay. be somewhere between 7 and 10. But maybe it's not the worst thing to be one of the 10 worst teams in the NBA this year. And to get a top 10 pick. Is this going to drive
2: point. you to start watching more college basketball and stuff like Maybe that? Maybe a little bit.
0: The issue is the top two picks are people that aren't even in college yeah. basketball. And then I guess right now the third guy isn't in college basketball either. His name is Eamon Thompson, who plays for Overtime Elite. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at the top three picks in this year's draft, they don't even play college basketball. I did hit the Sim Lottery, and on the 25th time, the Mavs moved up to number two for Scoot Henderson. Yes! Which huh. would just be a miracle. I mean, I mean, honestly, I will, I will lose all the games the rest of the season because I don't think this team has a chance to compete in the playoffs. If you could promise me
2: that was going to happen, I would 100% be there with you. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next... The Return of the C-Block, starring Corey Majors. And
4: the Astros are adding another piece to their pie. Also, why the Cowboys are so good at this. And have you ever done this before with somebody you knew back in the day? What? A fan.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.